Good morning and welcome to High Point Church. My name is Andy King and the lead pastor here. This is High Point online and we are thrilled to be here with you this morning. Uh, Whether you're watching from the Atlanta area, Kennesaw, Woodstock, Ackworth, uh, area or whether you are watching from uh, a different part of the United States or a different city, we are thrilled to have you here today. Uh, this is High Point Church, and we are just thrilled uh, to worship with you this morning. Here's what I want to do today. I, I want to speak to you today about God's power at work in your life. Now, I realize that's something that we obviously want to be talking about probably about every week. Uh, right? But, but there seems to be a tension many times that the God we read about in the Bible oftentimes can feel very different than the God that we experience in the day-to-day real life of just living. And so my hope today, as we get into the message this morning, is to begin to bridge the gap between the God of the Bible, the God that we see performing in miraculous and powerful ways, city-changing ways, literally the history and course of nations uh, is changed by the power of God. My hope today is to begin a journey where the God that moves in this kind of power in the Bible begins to show up a bit more in that same kind of powerful manner in your own life. I believe that God still moves in powerful and miraculous ways. And I think we can all agree that right now, we need God to move in powerful and miraculous ways. And thankfully, we serve a God who does just that. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy uh, in your Bible. Verses are going to be on the screen, but nevertheless, if you have a Bible, I hope that you do. uh, Bring it to your table, bring it to the coffee table, the kitchen table, the couch where you're watching service from, and turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, We're going to be in chapter 4. Moses is appealing to Israel in this moment. He's appealing to them to follow God and to obey Him, and he does so literally by appealing to their senses, the sensibility of following God, the fact that this is a logical decision based on what we know about God. And this is what we read about in verse 32. Moses says, Ask now about the former days, long before your time. From the day God created human beings on the earth... Ask from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened? Or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm? I want to say that again, and I want you to remember this verbiage, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds. Like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. So to paraphrase, Moses is reminding Israel of the un 
unprecedented, unbelievable manner in which God has moved, in which God has performed miracles, in which God has delivered them. This is the God that we're talking about. Last verse. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. And God has moved historically. God has moved uh, literally here in the book of Deuteronomy, in the life uh, of Israel. God has moved, I would imagine, even in your life. Maybe not in such extraordinary fashions like God speaking out of fire, but I promise you, God has been working and moving in your life. Yes, because he loves you. Yes, because if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that you're a son and a daughter of, the, of, of, of God most high, but also because of this statement right here, that God would have you and me and all of us watching know that he is God and that there is no one like him. One of the things that you hear me as a pastor talk about, it's just kind of almost like a life verse, a life phrase for me, is that there's no one like God. There's no one like him. And Moses summarizes all of God's power and strength in this verbiage that we see in the scriptures. God's outstretched, uh, God's mighty hand and his outstretched arm. I'll say that one more time. That many times in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, you see the reference to God's power and strength. It's the, the description in the picture is that of his arms, his strength, his hand. Now, I've got four kids. And, but even if I didn't have four kids, I remember this from my own. Uh, I literally talk about my own father to this day in this manner. My dad had the biggest hands ever. I mean, just the thickest fingers. You could just about get a quarter through his wedding ring, right? If you haven't stuck a, a quarter through your wedding ring or you can't, you imagine fingers that big, okay? My dad just had huge hands. He was a big guy. And when you imagine dad many times, you know, there's the, there's the hitting of the arms, you know, or when, I, when I'm talking to a young boy and you want to make them feel big and strong, what is it you ask them to do? Show me your muscles, right? Show me how big and strong you are. And I do that with my kids. And of course, they get excited and pumped and they're just, they're just as excited as they can be to show off their, their muscles, how big and strong they are. Well, we see the same picture and the same imagery of God in the Bible. That God's power, the image of it is his, his mighty hands and his outstretched arms. Isaiah, the prophet, he writes in, in ch chapter 59, verse 1, he says that surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Israel once again uh, was wrestling with whether God's strength was enough 
or whether his hearing, whether he was capable of, of hearing the pain in the situation they were in. Moses had a very similar conversation where he's reminding Israel of how God had moved in the past. And, and, and here Isaiah is doing something very similar. God is strong enough. God is capable. God is able. God is powerful. Now we sit and we can say, I mean, that's really good. But many times our lives tell a very different story in how we act and how we talk and how we pray. I, I can read the Bible and I can say, man, that was amazing then. God moved then. God moved miraculously then. I have faith when I read the stories of the old. But do I have the same kind of faith for God to move in my life? You see, it's one thing for God to move then, but it's another one I need to believe him to move now, right here, right now, in my situation. Oh, he can move then, but can he move now? I believe God can move powerfully in their lives. But it's a different story when I need him to move in mine. What do you really believe about God? Does your life tell a story that, that looks like the God that I serve? His arm is just too short. He's just not strong enough. He's not powerful enough. He's not active in the lives of his, of his children here on earth. Is that the story that your life tells about the God that we profess to serve? Or are you praying and literally asking him to do impossible things because you know he is an almighty, all-powerful, impossible, uh, situation-moving kind of God? Is he truly the God who moves mountains? Or is he just the God who's safe and feels really good for Sunday morning? See, the Bible that, that I read, it's not just a collection of stories for people to be able to look at and say, wow, that was good for them. It's supposed to remind us of who God is, his character. Who is it that you're asking to move in your life? When I read the Bible, this is the God who made the heavens and the earth. This is the God who brought down the walls of Jericho. This is the God who struck down Goliath with the strength of a shepherd boy. This is the same God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future. This is the God that we serve. He is all-powerful. He has all strength. And there is absolutely nothing that he cannot do. The God who made the heavens and the earth is still the God who moves heaven and earth on behalf of his sons and daughters. Pray like it. Ask God like it's true. Trust him like you know that this is who he is. 
I asked a question on Facebook this week on how God had moved miraculously uh, in your life. I got some great messages, uh, some private messages, and it was really great, really encouraging hearing, you know, how uh, God had moved in, in some of y'all's life and, and uh, those who commented from different cities. But I also had a lot of conversations where people found themselves struggling to articulate how God had moved. Even right now, you know, when I ask you sitting, watching, how has God moved in your life? What's God doing? What is something miraculous that God has done in the course of your lifetime? Many times people have a difficult time articulating it. And one of the reasons is it's simple. Many times we spend the majority of our Christian life asking God to do very safe things. We ask him to, to, to answer safe prayer requests. God help me to have a good day and God bless my food. Now, if you're asking God to bless your food and you're asking God to help you with your day, God bless. I think that's fantastic. But at some point, our hearts and our souls and our spirits need to be stretched to understand who this God is. This God is far bigger and far greater than simply someone who can help your day go well or bless your food. He is the God who made the heavens and the earth. He's a miracle God, a mountain moving God. And if he moves mountains, then maybe we should ask him to move mountains and expect him to do it. Isaiah says, Something else in Isaiah 55, backing up from our previous verse, he's, he's speaking on behalf of God. And he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God speaking to us. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now you may read this and be like, this doesn't bring me courage. This doesn't help me want to pray, reminding me that I'm not like God or that God is not like me. But I want you to understand this is fantastic news today. God is bigger and better than, than anything you and I can offer on our best day. And one of the, the greatest ways for us to understand this is actually with a little physics lesson today. The universe is so vast and it's so big and it's, it's beyond our wildest imagination that we have measurements that we use that we don't use anywhere else here on earth. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. I'm going to say that one more time for you. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. That means that when I snap my finger, light has traveled around planet Earth right at seven times. I'm going to do that one more time. Light just traveled around the Earth over seven times in the time it took me to snap my finger. 186,000 miles per second. <laughs> okay, that's, that's mind-blowing, okay? To help us put it in perspective a little bit more, uh, the, the Earth and the Sun are about 
94.4 million miles away from each other. So if you got in your sweet ride, right, put that thing in fifth gear, for those of you who drive a stick shift, and you were driving 65 miles an hour from Atlanta to uh, the sun, it would take you, oh, just about 163 years to get there. No big deal. Just 163 years for you to drive. 65 miles an hour, no bathroom breaks, right now to get to the sun. Yet light that comes from the sun, it only takes eight minutes to get here. When you walk to the mailbox to get the mail and you feel the sun hitting your skin, that light is eight minutes old and it's traveled 94 million miles. When you are sweating at an outdoor church service and the sun is beating down upon you while you preach like I did last week, that light is eight minutes old and it has traveled 94 million miles. When God says that his ways are not like our ways and that in the same way that the heavens are above the earth, this is how different we are from God. You and I need to remember what takes us an unprecedented amount of time and effort takes him the snap of a finger for light to get to earth. And last time I checked, we serve a God who said, let there be light. He is the author of light. He is the one who created all of this. That's how much, that's how much bigger he is than you and I. He is an unprecedented, unfathomable God. I'm not done with our physics lesson today. Light travels roughly about 11 million miles in one minute, okay? <laughs> Say it one more time. Light travels about 11 million miles in one minute, closer to 12, but we'll round down for this analogy. So in a day, light travels about 160 billion miles. 160 billion miles one day. So in one year, light travels 5,865,693,000,000 miles. You know, no big deal. One more time, in one year, this is what we call a light year, okay? This is a light year. 5,865,696,000,000 miles. That's a light year. And scientists have determined that our universe is over 15 billion light years in length. 15 billion light years in length. That's how big the universe is. It would take us trillions upon trillions upon trillions of lifetimes as humans to explore the universe that God created. He breathed the stars into existence, the Bible says. Let there be light, and it was good. And God created light from the darkness. This is the God that we serve. He's that big. His love and His mercy, they're unfathomable to us. 
It's hard. I, I realize when you get a, a little math and a physics lesson, it's hard to wrap your head around it. Good. That's the point. The point is that this God is so much bigger than oftentimes we give him credit for. So if this God is that big, if he's that great, if he's that grandiose, do our prayers, do they they reflect a God that's that big? You can understand why at some point our prayer life needs to move beyond God help me have a good day. This is the God who set the galaxy in orbit, who created gravity that allows light to travel from the sun to the earth in eight minutes. Nothing that limits you limits God. You need to hear that today. Nothing that limits you limits God. God is bigger than your biggest problem will ever be. He is bigger than your biggest problem will ever be. So ask him to do something about it. Pray boldly. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. A lion is the king of the jungle. Nobody messes with a lion. He's at the top of the food chain. Now, don't get an arrogant big head in this moment. But my point is that God, he says that you and I are his special possession. There's nothing that God loves the way that he loves his sons and daughters. It's beyond compare. And we also know uh, that he's big, that he's vast, that he's great. So that means you can come to him with confidence. You can approach his throne, the throne room of grace, and ask God to do unbelievable things, impossible things, unfathomable things, because he's bigger than our biggest problems. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul is writing about Jesus. He's writing about God's love for all of humanity. He says, It's for this reason that I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and deep and long and high is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Come on, somebody. To him who's able to do immeasurably more than what you could possibly imagine, what you could possibly dream up, what you could possibly cook up and journal and write and think and pray. This God is bigger than anything you can possibly imagine. There should be a wrestling in our heart that, that God would stretch us. Not that you will fully grasp the greatness and bigness of who he is, but God, help me to grow today. Help me to believe you more today, to trust you more today, to ask you to do more today. I can dream some pretty great things, but the Bible reminds me that even my wildest dreams of how good and great God is, they pale in comparison to who he truly is. Does my life reflect that? i got to be honest with you, preaching this sermon, even, even here in my living room, I've had to hit take after take right now, multiple times, wrestling through how to preach this. And even as the pastor and the one that's preaching it, I wrestle with this. God is stretching me in this moment as well to think of him and know him and experience him bigger than I did yesterday, bigger than I did last year. Why can't God drive out, eliminate a virus that's affecting our nation? Why can't he do that? Last time I checked, he's bigger than a virus. Can I pray and ask and expect him to do that? I sure think we can. Can I pray and ask God to help a marriage that feels absolutely dead? It's hopeless. There's no way it's coming back. Can God possibly move in that situation? I sure think that he can. Last time I checked, he's 15 and a half billion light years bigger than my biggest problem. Can God move? Let's, let's, let's get real practical. Your battery is not working in your car. Can God literally miraculously move and fix and, and, and make things that are not as though they are? I sure think that he can. He's a miraculous mountain moving God. He can move in businesses and bank accounts. He can move in relationships and marriages. He can move in people who are together and people who are single. He can move in the lives of people who have a lot and the lives of people who have a little. This isn't about how much Bible you know. This is about literally, do I know this God and trust him in the affairs of my life? I am encouraging you and exhorting you right now to let your faith be stretched today that we serve a God who is great and big. And as we already read once before, there is no one like him.
Here's how I've been praying this past week. That's how I want to encourage you to pray as well. First off, I'll just say this. I don't always know what God's will is. I don't always know His desires, but I can always know His ability. I want you to hear that. I don't always know the outcome. I, I, I want to know God's heart, and I'm stretching to know God's heart, but I don't always know what God wants to do in a given situation. But just because I don't always know His desires doesn't mean that I can't always know His ability. And because I know that He's able, I'm at least going to appeal to the God that I know is strong enough, whose arm is strong enough to save, and whose ears are always willing to hear. And that means I'm praying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm asking you to provide. God, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm asking you to do the impossible. God, I don't know why I experienced this brokenness, but I'm asking you to heal. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm asking that you would make a way. See, we serve a God that is able, which means there's literally nothing that I cannot ask Him to do. Will it always work out the way I think? No. Will it always work out in the timeline that I have in the back of my mind? No. But it doesn't change the fact that I know God is able, and therefore I'm going to pray, and I'm going to begin to thank Him right here, right now before I have even experienced what I'm asking him to do because I know who he is, I know his heart, and I know his ability. That's what I'm asking you to do. Our cities need men and women who will pray and ask God to do big things right now. Your family needs people who will step up and pray and ask God to do big and bold and miraculous things right now. Your nation, your country, this planet needs you to pray in this hour, to experience a move of God like we have never experienced before. Does it seem impossible right now that our country could experience a revival? It sure feels like it's impossible, but it's not impossible to God. So why don't we pray and ask Him to do that very thing? Let's pray right now. I want to ask you wherever you are, couch, bedroom, maybe you're listening to the podcast at a different time, Wherever you are, I'm inviting you to pray and ask this glorious and great God to move powerfully right now. Father, I thank you. We thank you first and foremost for sending your son Jesus to do the utterly impossible, and that is to live a perfect life and die for the sins of the world, that we might have restored relationship with you. God, it's impossible. We can't fathom it. We can't even get our head around it, but yet you did it. And you did it because that's the kind of God that you are. You're a mountain-moving God. You're the God of the impossible. God, you're so much bigger than our wildest imagination, our greatest dreams. God, you, you are, your love for us knows no bounds. God, would you give us a revelation today of how deep and how wide and how long and how wide your love for us is that we would trust you. God, 
because you love us so deeply and so richly. God, help us to know you like that. And God, even in this moment, Lord, as a church, as as people watching online, I pray right now that you would produce, God, a greater faith inside of us to trust you and to have faith, God, that you would move in bold, miraculous, and mighty ways. And God, let it begin in our homes. Let it begin in our church. God, let it begin in our city. Lord, that you, by your spirit, would move and draw people to yourself. Turn situations around. Make broken paths straight. Let hearts turn to you. I pray boldly in this moment. God, for a revival to hit our country, to hit our cities that our hearts would be turned to you and that salvation would be found in you alone. It's in your name, the great and mighty name of Jesus Christ that we say, amen. Church, so happy to be with you this morning. Great to worship with you. I hope this message is encouraging to you and it literally Uh, you feel an exhortation to pray. There's an easy step for you to take after a message like this, and that's simply to pray with your church. Uh, We pray together every single Wednesday morning at 7.30 on the phone together. Uh, We need to come together and pray. And as your pastor in this moment, I am encouraging you, exhorting you, and I'm challenging you to set your alarm, get up, pray on the phone together, And let's ask God to do the impossible because he's a God that moves mountains. Amen. Amen. See you right here next week uh, for Church Online. Great to have you with us once again.